Tuesday. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the main event of the evening for the Worldwide Wrestling Federation Heavyweight Championship. Wrestling. Ladies and gentlemen, our first event of the evening is a one-fall match with a 15-minute time limit. There ain't nobody. There ain't nobody in wrestling who can make me quit. And that's the bottom line, cause Stone Cold said so. Tuesday. We are what wrestling's all about. New York City here, Chicago here, Jamie on my left, Linda on my right. But I'm not telling any of the girls who I'm going to give it to in Chicago until that night. Tuesday, wrestling. Tuesday returns to Under the Hood with Jonathan Hood on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. It's Tuesday, Wrestling Tuesday, here on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. Jonathan Hood with you after SmackDown Live on the USA Network every single Tuesday at 9 o'clock. Chicago time. We take care of you with some wrestling slash sports entertainment conversation. And we're glad that you're with us here on ESPN 1000. I want to tell you about the Under the Hood podcast. If you're listening to the podcast, you're saying, why is he talking about it? I'm already listening. But for those that still don't get it, for those of you that still have not been able to subscribe and download the podcast, it's a great way for you to stay connected to the show, whether it's our shows we do every night or Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday. Go to iTunes, go to Google Play, go to SoundCloud, go to wherever you get your podcast and download Under the Hood with Jonathan Hood. The reason why is because when I was off last week, we still had a guest for Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday. You might have tuned in at 9 o'clock after SmackDown, but of course we were airing the All-Star game for Major League Baseball, and you are probably saying, oh, there's no wrestling coverage because they're airing. No, but there was still a terrific interview that you might have missed. And the, the interview from last Tuesday was Tully Blanchard from the Four Horsemen. Yes, an interview I conducted with Tully back in 1999. A very interesting interview. It's, a, it's raw audio of an interview I did with him when I did WrestleManiacs back in the day from 1999. If you've missed the interview, you should download the Under the Hood with John the Hood podcast, and you can go back and listen to that interview. We've got some terrific reviews and a lot of people downloaded it already this past week. But if you missed it, Tully Blanchard was really interesting in that interview. And as I go through some of my old cassettes as I do some summer cleaning around the house, I've been finding some other things. I'll tell you another interview that's going to be coming up. And it'll download. It'll drop, I say, I think Wednesday we will download it. Because we are have uh, Major League Baseball on Wednesday. So... We have an interview here that I found. I cleaned up a little bit. But it's an interview I did in 2003 with Barry Horowitz. (laughs) Yes, on another wrestling show I once hosted. Barry Horowitz talks about his time wrestling in Chicago, talking about working with Vince McMahon and working with Eric Bischoff in WCW. Uh, He talks about his career, how the WWE used his faith is being Jewish as a storyline while he was in the WWE. Of course, him putting so many people over because, I mean, he was quite the carpenter when he wrestled. He put a lot of great wrestlers over, even though Barry was a great wrestler in his own right. So an old interview with Barry Horowitz. You'll be able to hear that. We'll, we'll drop that on Wednesday. 
Uh, and again, you can find it on iTunes, you can find it on SoundCloud, wherever you get your podcast, Under the Hood with Jonathan Hood, my interview with Barry Horowitz. We won't air it here, but we will air it on the podcast. Again, an old interview from about 2003. A couple of stories I want to pass along to you before we hear from Jason Powell from ProWrestling.net. Because of all of you, 30-second matches became main events. And because of all of you, divas became the superstars they were born to be. Because of all of you, men and women, using your voices for change, we are able to provide the platform to show the world that women can do anything and be anything they want to be. Because of all of you, we are able to stand here and make another first ever announcement. On October 28th, over 50 women, then, now, and forever, will participate in an event called Evolution. And that event, I am privileged to announce, will be the first ever all-women's pay-per-view. A standing ovation here tonight, live in Cincinnati, as history is made. It came across yesterday on Monday Night Raw from Cincinnati where Stephanie McMahon delivered this historic announcement that there is going to be a pay-per-view event called Evolution. It's an all-women's pay-per-view taking place at the Nassau Veterans Memorial Coliseum in New York. It's going to be live on the WWE Network on October 28th. All women. So it's going to be 50 women participating uh, in this all-women pay-per-view. Let me just say this before I take another step. Shouts out to Dave Prezak and the people at Shimmer. Because in Berwyn and a number of other places in the Chicagoland area, you can see a, a women's event, I think quarterly, maybe every other month. Shimmer with Dave Prezak has, has had these events for many, many years. So this is not something that is it's historic, I guess, for the WWE, but it's not historic to me and for those that follow the Shimmer brand. Shimmer has been around for a long time. Dave has done a great job getting the best independent women's wrestlers from around the world to come to the venues to be able to wrestle for, for DVDs. Um, and I, I think that that should be applauded first because Dave had that vision. And now the WWE, because they have so many terrific uh, women wrestlers and all their brands, now it's going to be an all-women's pay-per-view. It's an experiment, but I think it's something that can be successful because when I look at that roster, on the top level of that roster, starting with Charlotte and Bailey and, and so many others that's on that roster, I think it's going to work out really well. I think people will be very interested. And I'm glad that uh, Stephanie McMahon is the face of this thing. And I think it's going to work out really well for the WWE. Another story uh, coming across, and that is regarding Brian Lawler, who is uh, Grandmaster Sexay who wrestled in the WWE. Brian Lawler, the son of Jerry the King Lawler, was arrested again. And I saw this story, and I'm just like, man, it's he has uh, gone through a lot uh, in his career, whether it's him as a wrestler or him in the independents. Uh, at some point, um, 
Brian Lawler is going to have to try to get his career together. I saw that story. You can see that for yourself. But he was arrested again, and, and I believe this has been back-to-back -back months for him in being in trouble. So, um, you know, all the best to him uh, and uh, what he's going through. Man, I mean, here's a guy here that was so very talented and it could do a lot more things in the ring than Jerry the King Lawler could, more so than his dad. But he just never was able to put it together, could not stay clean, could not stay healthy. Um, so, so hopefully things will work out for him. And one other piece of news, and that is another show is going to be on television, another wrestling show. As if we don't have enough wrestling shows that's on TV, every night you can find a wrestling show. Here's another one. Ring Warriors is going to be on WGN America. Uh, Howard Brody announced on the company's Facebook page that Ring Warriors is going to debut Saturday mornings at 7 a.m. on Saturday morning, September 15th. It's going to emanate from Sam's Town Live Casino in Las Vegas. Wes Briscoe, Michael Tarver, Santana Garrett, Chaz, uh, Chase Stevens, Cassidy Riley, Luke Hawks. There's some names there, some independent names that's going to be there. But apparently 7 a.m. Saturday mornings, September 15th, you can watch Ring Warriors on WGN America. Yet another show <laughs> that you have to watch. There's so many other ones. I guess you can pick and choose at this point. We turn now to Jason Powell, who does a great job covering professional wrestling slash sports entertainment for ProWrestling.net. And he joins us here on Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday here on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. Jason, Jonathan Hood, thanks so much for your time. Great to be back, Jonathan. Jason, I want to ask you, uh, as soon as I saw the passing of Maso Saido, I thought of you because you're my AWA brother. And uh, right. I saw Saido uh, wrestle for Vern in uh, the AWA in Minneapolis. What are your memories of Saido coming to America? Oh, so many from the AWA. You know, just... Uh... The angle with Hulk Hogan back in the day, and then certainly him teaming with Jesse Ventura after Adrian Adonis wasn't with the company anymore as the Far East-West connection. Um, just <laughs> you know, as a kid watching him, there was a believability factor there. You know, he just he was he didn't say much because he didn't speak great English. But so from that standpoint, I just think like the fact that he was quiet and had other people doing the talking for him just made him seem that much more dangerous. Absolutely. I, you know, I know in 2018, there's so many uh, wrestling fans look at wrestlers in the lens of how Vince McMahon looks at wrestlers as far as size. But to me, I never noticed the height. I just noticed the bulk, uh, how he looked like a fullback and how dangerous he was, because even at his size, not, a, not someone that was six foot, he was shorter than that, but he was just powerful. And every move seemed to mean something, did it not? Absolutely, and they still use to this day in New Japan Pro Wrestling. You can't get through one of their shows without hearing the word Saido Suplex, and, and it, heck, it's, it, it can be difficult to get through multiple matches without hearing Saido Suplex, so very revered in Japan as well. Yeah, so that, I was sad to see that, and again, it's just part of uh, our childhood, remembering Saido in the AWA. Um, so the WWE makes its um, announcement about a women's revolution in the in the company, do you believe that this is overdue, or is this the perfect time for an all-women's pay-per-view? I do feel like, in general, their push of the women was overdue. Uh, you started to see it happening in NXT, and then there was kind of this period where, where everyone was kind of waiting, like, all right, when is this going to make it to the main roster? I remember sitting in on a conference call with, with uh, Paul Electra H and 
asking just that. And you know, he I, I think he was probably frustrated, but he's got to you know play the good company soldier and you know just oh, these things take time. And so I, I've always felt like they've been behind when it comes to this whole, you know, they're, they're really patting themselves on the back for this evolution, but it's like, well, you guys are the ones who could have done it sooner and you didn't. But at the same time, I feel like, you know, hey, it's here, it's happening, and, and that's obviously good news. Jason Powell, you can follow him uh, on Twitter, of course, at Pro Wrestling Net, and also don't forget the podcast, Pro Wrestling Boom Podcast. He's got uh, Paul Allen doing his voiceover. I mean, how fancy. The voice of the Vikings doing your voiceover is the intro. Pretty nice. Yeah, Paul, I actually uh, know Paul through, uh, I used to work at Fanball.com back in the day and got to know him playing fantasy football with him back when he was still doing that. And uh, But yeah, the, the voice of the Minnesota Vikings as a big Viking fan, I know that's not going to be popular in your neck of the woods, <laughs> that, that, was a, that was a pretty good get for me, if you will. Yeah, that's pretty cool. So again, Pro Wrestling Boom Podcast. Wherever you get your podcast, download it. Hear uh, Jason's thoughts on wrestling um, on a weekly basis. Oh, by the way, I had... Uh, Pete Bursich on yesterday, the Vikings color analyst on KFan, and I and I introduced him. I said, uh, "Let me introduce you now to the um, uh, to the Super Bowl champion Vikings uh, broadcaster Pete Bursich, because everywhere you look, people are thinking the Vikings are." Are, are destined to at least get to the Super Bowl this upcoming season with Cousins. And I think it's very likely myself. Oh, my God, don't tell me that. Every time the Vikings <laughs> are supposed to be good, they're terrible. Something <laughs> happened. You know, two years ago, they were supposed to be very good, and they had that big wave of injuries that just decimated the offensive line. And then last year, no one's expecting – well, they were expecting a decent season. I think most of the local scribes were saying – Eight and eight, somewhere in there, and they were kind of wondering about Zimmer's job security, even. And look what they did. So yeah, it, it's just uh, that's the, that's life for a Viking fan, I guess. You just kind of expect the unexpected. Yeah, Bursich didn't want to hear it either. <laughs> so he no, we are defeated he up here. <laughs> Absolutely. By the way, with the roster depth of the WWE, with the on the women's side, Jason. I think there actually is room for women's tag titles. I know that in the past, in the 80s, we would kind of roll our eyes at um, at some of these women tag team championships because it didn't have a lot of uh, depth to the roster. It might be, with six to eight women on a roster. It's like, how could you have tag team champions? I think even TNA tried that, and they didn't have 20, 25 or more wrestlers uh, on the women's side. So I, I think that's a possibility, isn't it? I think so, too. I wouldn't be surprised at all if there's an announcement. Even It could be even at the Evolution event that they're doing or maybe before it to crown the first tag team champions. I don't know if they'll – I would assume they would be separate brand tag team champions, but, I mean, I've always kind of wondered why they haven't come up with the idea of floating champions. And so if the depth is a concern – that's a possibility, but I'm with you. I think there's enough there. The big question is, creatively, will they do enough to support something other than the champion and the challenger? Because that seems to be what we get in the women's division right now. A little bit for Sasha and Bailey, whatever that is, and then everybody else just kind of in this weird holding pattern where they trade wins and losses. You know, um, I'm glad you mentioned that, Jason, because I... here's the thing, and the reason why I ask you the question about whether or not this is overdue or not is... And this is, again, just a disconnect I have with Vince McMahon as far as his bottom line looking at certain wrestlers, whether they're babyface or heel or somewhere in between. Like, Asuka should still be undefeated leading into this revolution, into this pay-per-view. And and she's not. She's, you know, it's 50-50. She loses some. She wins some. I, I, I just wonder... 
for this pay-per-view, is there a must-see event? Is there something that you want to see from the women's side that they must see? Like, it's something you have to watch. Well, they could if they want to go to it prematurely. It would take some shake-up of the roster, but you're right. They've, they've defined Asuka down, unfortunately. So what I'm guessing we're going to get is that's when maybe Ronda Rousey wins the women's championship, beats Alexa Bliss. Maybe they hold off that long. It, it's not a must-see thing to me. The must-see match, I guess, would be probably Charlotte and Ronda Rousey. I, but I don't know if they're going to feel like that's the place to do that or if they hold off until WrestleMania. Hopefully they'll rebuild Asuka before then because you're right, she should mean so much more than she does. If Shayna Baszler had more personality do you think that she'd be in that spot of a Ronda Rousey? Because you see Baszler from event to event. It's very old school, isn't it? It's very methodical where it's not, not a lot of high spots, a lot of ground action because she's just working her way through. But I'm impressed by it because that's what I grew up watching, that type of methodical style. Do you, do you think that awesome. – go ahead. I was just going to say, she's awesome. She's just so believable. You know, with Ronda, we've only seen a couple of matches, and she's done a heck of a job. But Shayna Baszler, like, when you think of somebody coming in, male or female, from UFC MMA and, and being able to kind of execute uh, some of what they, you know, just kind of carry things over from MMA, MMA she does it perfectly. I mean, she's, one of, I would say, the most credible in terms of just watching what she does in the ring, women in the business right now, and, and she's still a baby when it comes to being a pro wrestler. It's very impressive. What does Rousey uh, Baszler look like as far as uh, cachet for, for this women's revolution? Would you like to see that match? I'd love to see it, but they're going to have to get Shane up on the main roster. And mm -hmm. you know, I, I don't think it would take long. I think she's credible enough that you can bring her up do a big angle and go to it fairly quickly if you choose to. But I think ideally you probably want to bring her up and let her win for, you know, six months even and then go to it. Maybe even establish, you know, their their friendship off air because that's been so well documented and then do the big turn at some point. And whenever they do that match, yeah, I, I think it needs to be done right. I think it'll be big. Jason Powell from ProWrestling.net is with us on Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday with Jonathan Hood on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app as we take a look at some of the storylines around the WWE. Is is Brock Lesnar versus Roman Reigns the equivalent of Golden State versus Cleveland in the NBA? <laughs> yes, it is. I hadn't thought of it that way, but it absolutely is. It's, uh, man, it's just like, here we go again. It, it's I, I, I'm labeling SummerSlam WWE Groundhog Day at this point. <laughs> Uh, well, I, okay, so uh, could there – there's see, to me, I think that there's another swerve in the works. We know that Lesnar is eyeing the UFC another run there. Would it surprise you at all with him training in the UFC that he retains and, st and still is the universal champion? Oh, my God, I hope not. I, I'm just so <laughs> over it. You know, I, I was – not that I'm anxious to see babyface Roman Reigns win the championship, but – I think going into WrestleMania, I just kind of resigned myself to, okay, it's going to happen. Let Vince get this out of his system. Let him have his baby face run. It's not going to go well, but so be it. But it, And then they just kept delaying it. It was like, well, okay, it'll happen at the greatest Royal Rumble. We might get a better crowd reaction. They push it back again. I, I just don't think there's an appetite for this match right now. And to see them push it back even further, yeah, it would surprise people, but so did WrestleMania and that finish. What did that really get them? So, yeah, you're right. You can't rule it out uh, because they do love swerving everybody. But I think they're damaging Brock Lesnar at this point. I think you're better off 
with Brock Lesnar making special appearances as a non-champion. I think there's, they've really created resentment with him being the champion who rarely appears, where if you just let him go do his UFC thing, maybe bring him back in time for WrestleMania and he's not in the title picture, I think people will look forward to seeing him again. I think you just laid out the plan, though, in Vince's mind. The more resentment for Lesnar, the more Roman looks like a babyface out of it. But does it work? You know, so far, it just hasn't. It, right. I, I think you get what you got at WrestleMania, which is a lot of, especially you know, going into SummerSlam in Brooklyn, I think you're going to have a lot of people just crapping on that match. They're not going to be interested. They're going to go into business for themselves and start chanting all sorts of things. I, I, I think the most likely scenario there, Jonathan, is that at the end of it, Braun Strowman cashes in. So, I, I mean, they have to know the type of reaction they're going to get from the Brooklyn crowd. I don't know that they want to go off the air with the fans just you know, raining down booze on Roman. And so maybe, they, uh, maybe that's the plan, is to go with uh, Braun cashing in that night even. Jason, does it matter if Roman is, is fully accepted by fans in arenas or on the Internet? Because I just think that... Since John Cena, the fans in general are going to try to find this era Cena. They're just going to find, whether that is Seth Rollins, whether whoever is going to be, they would find a whipping boy someplace. And it's completely unfair, by the way, because if you hear anything that Jim Ross says on his podcast, he's pissed about it every single week. He doesn't like the idea that fans are hijacking uh, these events, New Japan, WWE, Impact, whatever. But this is a common theme. And I'm just thinking that if it's not Roman Reigns, someone would be getting booed, even though they're trying to come across as a babyface. I mean, you're onto something there where I think fans always want something new. They get what they want. And, I mean, Ring of Honor went through this quite a bit with their champions. They would take their time going to a title change, and then by the time they did, people would be ready for whoever's next. And so you get some of that. I don't think the backlash would be as severe, though, if you're talking about Seth Rollins in that role or just one of the more popular guys. That's been kind of the thing with their booking that's been frustrating is they're dictating to the fans you will like this person rather than listening to their audience like they claim they do and saying, okay, they don't like this person, let's slot him as a heel. It, it's a very novel concept, uh, but uh, for whatever reason, they, yeah, they just uh, continue to, to fight against the tide, if you will. Uh, have you heard anything about Impact Wrestling's pay-per-view in Toronto? Is there anything that stood out most about the event? It was a good show. Um, I think the, the biggest thing that stood out to me was the, the, just the difference in atmosphere that being in Toronto compared to that mausoleum known as uh, Universal Studios and the Impact Zone, uh, it's just it, night and day. I mean, those fans were into it. I, it, it. I was taken aback when I just heard a, a simple Impact Wrestling chant early in the show. I mean, you don't hear that. <laughs> so that made a lot of the difference. The, the talent seemed to feed off of it. It was a little hardcore heavy for some. If you, you know, if that's not what you're into, then maybe this pay-per-view is not going to be as well-received by you because I think there was three different hardcore matches. But uh, they were very, you know, the, especially the last two with the tag titles and then Pentagon Jr. and uh, Sammy Callahan were both really good. And so I gave it a B-plus overall. And that's not like using the old Impact Wrestling curve. That's just in general. It was a very good show with a fun atmosphere. That's really good. That's a positive for them for sure. I think we talk about must-watch in the women's division of the WWE. I'll say an impact. The two people that I enjoy watching probably the most, if I'm going to watch it, is Tessa Blanchard and her and just her rise and just seeing her get better month to month. And Sammy Callahan obviously is a must-watch. Uh, what his his act 
it, it can only work on the independents or it can only work in, in other venues. It couldn't work in the WWE the way he's been going out of his business. But I, I like those two in particular for that company. I agree. I'll, I'll add Eli Drake to that mix. Um, mm-hmm. I think it, it, he. I think he and Tess are going to be the ones to really watch now because they were both up in the air contractually at the last tapings. But since then, they've both kind of locked into longer-term deals, I think a couple of years each. And so I, I don't know that you're going to see Tessa putting over Madison Rain any longer. I, I think now they, they're going to feel secure with them, and they can start to build around those two. But, yeah, they, they have a nice nucleus of talent. And there's even some, that, you know, like Phoenix is very talented, and they don't do much with him. So we're, we're, we went from a point where it was like, man, they got nothing going on this roster to, hey, there's actually some underutilized people that there's enough depth now. I want you to give me, Jason, in order – the wrestling shows, the top four wrestling shows that you enjoy watching the most in 2018? Ooh, that's a tough one. Um, I guess I would put NXT on that list because, in part because it's an hour, but they just, it's basic, it's easy to follow. Uh, SmackDown probably comes in at number two most consistently. Uh, again, you know, just the, the two hours compared to Raw's three. Raw, it, has, it still has to be on the list just because it's you know their flagship, at, at least until the Fox deal kicks in. It's, but it feels like a chore, you know, going three week or three hours every week. There's some episodes that are better than others, and then I would say it's it's kind of a toss up really between Impact Wrestling these days. I, I didn't, you know, you asked me a month ago, they would not have made this list. I would have said the Ring of Honor television show. But I think Impact has been better lately. And the, the ROH television show, there's just so many times where it feels dated. You know, like they're just airing a title change now that occurred you know, weeks ago. Uh, so that kind of thing kind of throws you off a little bit. And you start to get into the storylines, and then they just drop storylines because they're airing shows that were taped before pay-per-views for three weeks at a time. So, yeah, I, I would actually, believe it or not, include Impact Wrestling on that list. Yeah, I think that when it comes to me in my time, I'm thinking that the shorter the time, the better. So I'm I'm into NXT. I'm watching New Japan because we're supporting JR, of course. Um, SmackDown is the to me is the best product that they they have is between Raw and SmackDown. And uh, I've been I've been keeping my eyes on the um, the kids in Florida, the uh, the show that's on the BN Network, MLW, MLW, yes. Yeah, it's it's coming together nicely now. You know, at first it felt like we were kind of dropped into that universe and they'd already crowned their champion. I kind of felt late to the party, even though it was only episode one. <laughs> right. But, you know, as time's gone on, you're, you're starting to see all their storylines kind of play out now if you've been watching since day one where you don't feel behind. And I would have included New Japan on that list, too. I don't catch the access show very often just simply because I'm watching so much of that on their streaming service anyway. But, yeah, that's a really, you know, if somebody has an hour to spare on a Friday night, man, absolutely. Uh, New Japan on access is great. If I went to ProWrestling.net, what would I find? You would find a rundown of all the major television shows and pay-per-views. You'd get your news fix if you're looking for, like, for instance, uh, how to Raw and SmackDown do in the ratings and viewership numbers. That information is there. You get my hit lists and, and just kind of a rundown of what I feel worked and didn't work on all the major television shows. And the list goes on. And uh, the nice thing about our live coverage is it's not just, hey, here's, here's, here's what happened on the show. We're also giving you that instant analysis. So if you're watching the show, and you want to get that feedback and find out what somebody thinks of it uh, right there, uh, well, that's the place to go. Uh, we do that for Raw, SmackDown, all the major television shows and pay-per-views. 
All right. As always, Jason, I appreciate your time. Thanks for coming on the show. Hey, it was great to be back. Let's do it again soon. All right. It's Jason Powell uh, with us from ProWrestling.net. Don't forget to support him on the podcast as well. Look for Pro Wrestling Boom wherever you find your podcasts. Uh, right there for Jason Powell. We're glad that you're with us. Don't forget those throwback interviews that I found in the basement, the, those cassettes tapes I cleaned up. Interview with Tully Blanchard and also interview with um, with Barry Horowitz, which was very interesting. His thoughts about um, uh, his, his thoughts about Eric Bischoff, his thoughts about Vince McMahon, and also uh, shooting on Evan Courageous, of all people. That's part of that interview as well. You can, you can find that on the Under the Hood podcast. Glad you're with us. Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday here on ESPN 1000.